All right. Once again, we are here in the studio for a Snarf Talk episode. Back at our regularly scheduled evening. Uh, This is the first time in like three weeks that we've actually done it on the night that we normally do. Probably even longer than that. You think? I think it's three weeks. Getting caught up. Finally. I'm getting equipments put away. Are you? I finished the... Were you washing a bunch of stuff today? Yeah. I I finished... uh, Well, and I emptied some water tanks. Oh. Spraying. Just right out in the yard. Finished spraying. Finished strip tilling. You see my desk is significantly cleaner. Paid some bills. It is. That's good. That's I guess that's good. Starting to feel like the world is coming back into reality. Reality. Like you're getting back into reality instead of stuck in a tractor every day or a combine. I mean, I wouldn't say stuck. I enjoy it. That's what I was gonna say. This is uh, talking to people on the phone that farm and have been harvesting and doing all their field work and whatnot. I am really jealous, and having done it myself, but not to the extent of you guys. I am really jealous of the fact that you can sit by yourself, even though I'm a people person, you could sit by yourself in your own reality, like in your own world all day. Yeah. Yeah. Except that a lot of times it's called, it's a, it's like a prison of your own anxiety. <laughs> okay. See, I don't really have that problem. No, I'm, so just, I feel kidding. Like, I'm just kidding. That Here's the problem. There's a, you know, I think there's a lot of cogs in the wheel. Right. Right. So there's a lot of things to worry about. Sure. So, yes, you're sitting in there. That is nice at times. You know, you might spend half the day on the phone. Yeah, but, that's, I can't handle You know, that. you're dealing with marketing crops. You're dealing with constant breakdowns. So it's not exactly like it's just, I mean, you hit those days. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. Like hit the days th- that you get, though, that <laughs> Just everything, everything goes works. right. Yeah, that's what, um, you know, that's why a lot of guys really like tillage work yeah because there's not a lot to monitor there yeah you could just like turn it off <laughs> yeah and just go because like even when i'm strip tilling which is essentially just a tillage pass but there's a little there's a little more you got to make sure you're doing a couple things right and differently but yeah um yeah it's definitely once you, you're up and going yeah once you got your a, B, set. Yeah. And you're just going straight up and down. It's always, though, at least around here, it's just like waiting for whatever it is to break. Something to something break. Something the next thing to break. But I did, I, you know, one time, uh, I don't remember who it was. It was one of my friends said, sometime in the spring, which is generally for me much higher stress than the fall. Is it really? Yeah, because, I mean, the fall, nothing's really on that big of a timeline. You know what I mean? Right. There are certain things, like if you got dates, you got to deliver something by, or True. if there's weather coming. But generally, there's always another day. Yep. You know what I mean? But in the spring, this, some of those windows are very small. That is so true. It's very high stress. It plus, it's a, such a precision pass. Not that it's precision, like everything has to be perfect, but the better, the closer it is to perfect, the right. better the results usually end up. So anyway, my point in that was they said, you know, if you're not having, if you if if you're planting in the spring, and you're a farmer, if you're not enjoying that, you're in the wrong line of business, and <laughs> and you're like, this is not enjoyable at all. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not that I don't enjoy it. It's that it's the just like most things in life, the reality is a little more nuanced. Right. I mean, you do enjoy it to the absolutely. You know like doing that job and ha- and having this ability to farm like you enjoy that but the the fact of like 
having to get your crop in at a certain time. Like right. all these seeds need to get in the, in the ground at a certain time. And if it rains for 10 days straight, you're in a world of hurt, you know, yeah. like a lot of the time, especially floods. Like in the last, how many years have we had severe floods yeah. in the springtime that has set everything back? Yeah. I mean, two years ago was a nightmare, but uh, it so, hasn't been that bad every other year, but it's been close. It's interesting. Kind of the longer you do it, the the less the more you're, you're able to prevent yourself from entering into that kind of um, chaos mode. You know what I mean? No, like you don't enter into chaos mode uh, or you the do? The longer you do it, the less and less you do that because you do realize like, generally it's going it's, to be fine. It'll get in. <laughs> it'll get in. Yeah, and it's not as necessarily important as you think it is. At that right. Particular I've noticed that in my father-in-law over the last 12 years that, you know, 12 years ago, there was, he, he wasn't like insane, but he was just very serious about everything and it needed to be done a certain way. But over those 12 years, as my brother in law's gotten older and started like taking over the farm and he's kind of getting out of it, it's just like, eh, we'll get it. It's not a big deal. I'm not in a rush. And that I like. Yeah. I like that side of it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not in a rush either because it doesn't affect me financially either way. Yeah, but it's nice to be done. But it's it's more just different now. I get other stuff to do now. Right. I just like accomplishing tasks. I think everybody does. You've got certain... podcasting to do. We have a comic book to write. We've yeah. got networking. Like those are We're your main We're supposed to be focuses. having breakfast tomorrow. I'm available. I don't even know if we can. Well, Isn't yeah. Everything Isn't COVID it like shut everything down? shut down? I don't know. I, I ate lunch yesterday at a restaurant. Did you? At Honest Abe's. Oh, Honest Abe's. I bet you they're not following like what the county wants them to follow. I don't know, but I had a new burger that I've never had before called the, I believe it was called the Honey Bear. Honey Bear? That's a new, that's new. It's not new, but it was. I've it, never it, heard it, of it. It didn't say new on the thing. Two things I had there that were good. Yeah. That burger, I think it was called the Honey Bear. It's a burger. I've never heard of this burger. Bacon, I know their burgers pretty well. Honey mustard and goat cheese. Oh, that sounds good. It was excellent. And uh, gosh, I love honey mustard. And they had a broccoli cheese soup. I just made broccoli cheese soup yesterday. It was outstanding. So was mine. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> so honest Abe's for the win. They have very good food. I like that place. Their burgers, I usually get either. I've been a little critical, maybe overly critical of them, but I think that it's because there was a period of time when they went there a lot. Yeah, wait a minute. I don't go in there with a critical eye just because you're going to get the same thing every time. You know what I mean? Like the same quality yeah. of what you want every time. Don't deviate on the menu. Whatever you like, get that, and you will be happy with it. <laughs> like if you deviate and try something well, but new. But I deviated, and I tried two things new, and it was excellent. That's rare. I actually liked that's it better. That's a rare better. thing. I actually liked it better than what I normally get. Really? I usually get the Deep South burger or the rail splitter is that the one with the mozzarella sticks on it no deep south is the one it's like a regular like a half pound i usually get the half pound burger it's got provolone cheese on it and then it's got like a spicy slaw that goes on top sounds oh, good it's so good and it's spicy and i love it but the rail splitter is just uh it's got honey mustard pickles um cheese and ham i'm it. not into that oh i love that one too so anyway, uh, they were open, so maybe somewhere will be open. Yeah, for breakfast. We'll see. That's what we have to do. Yeah. I have to take my children to school, though. Well, not for long. 
Right. That may be ending. Hopefully that's not the case. What's the deal? Do you think it's the weather change? Do you think it's the cooler weather that affects this COVID outbreak stuff? Um, because I don't feel like people in general have changed their patterns much to create this <laughs> enormous spike in the I mean, COVID I think trend. it's interesting that they predicted this back on the spring. They did, yeah. yes. I think it probably has a lot to do with the weather changing. Obviously, it must, although in southern climates where it hasn't changed much, the same things are happening there. Uh, maybe it's just how the life cycles of viruses proceed. I don't really know, but the, the reality is... We don't really know any facts. They don't give us any real statistics. Right. We know really cases don't. are up. I know hospitalizations are up from what oh, I've yeah. heard. Big time. Um, I'm sure deaths are up, but it, you know, it's just I heard somebody say the other day, they go, Listen, everybody's been wearing masks and fairly well social distanced. I'm sh- yes, of course, not and people will scream, No, this person's not doing it that right. way. For the most part. I think people are pretty well suited to this way of life now. Yeah, and it has made no difference, apparently. It, yeah, it really That's hasn't. interesting. For, uh, for around here, anyways, or for the whole country, it really hasn't made much of a difference. Now, you could say we could have stricter guidelines, but is that the right thing to do? And does that make a difference? I mean, I it's don't know just, if it does. We don't know anything, and I'm and here, sick of people acting like they know things. I know, because I don't know... A damn thing. No, we figured that out over the last all, 102 episodes. Very few people do. Yeah. And especially on this subject. The people that think they do need to stop. <laughs> they need to stop. So Mason Dixon's the best burger. Which one's the Mason? I've had that. I think I've had it too. Mason Dixon. I don't know. Who said that? Uh David. Like my brother in law? No, Seed and Top. Oh, Seed of course Seed and Top would comment on a burger. Um, I don't know if I've had the Mason Dixon. I think I have, but I don't remember what it is. Well, anyway, getting back to uh, oh, uh, Mike said, uh, did you did I see Super Troopers tribute last weekend, Jerry? I don't know what he's talking about. Super. Oh, oh. yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was similar. So last Friday we it was went, more Reno nine one one. It was a Reno nine one one outfit. But last, uh, I'll I'll post some pictures on our uh, Snarf Talk social media so you guys can see uh, Harvey. Harley Harley Armstrong was my character. Um, we were at a murder mystery like dinner and party party. Um, I was uh, Terry Rhodes, Terry Rhodes, long haul trucker, and I was Harley Armstrong, mall cop, trailer park security. I took my job way too seriously, and I took the character a little bit too seriously. But uh, it I liked was, it. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really fun. But I, uh, that's why I don't have uh, any facial hair anymore because I had the goatee and then I shaved it in a certain way for that character and Amy would not allow me to leave the house. That night, we, had to, we stopped at Casey's and she's like, I'm going in. You have to stay in It the looks car. good. I didn't think it looked bad. I, but I, don't, lo- I think it looked good legitimately. I, and you said that that night, but I don't, think I, would, I don't think I could pull that off on a day-to-day basis because the looks I got between Friday and Saturday, even Saturday on a normal day, people were showing up at my house and I was having to do things. And uh, everybody kind of like, hmm, what, uh, what you got on your face there? Yeah, but... I had, what's that called, a Fu Manchu? Yeah, Fu Manchu. Yeah, it's like where... You know, you have the mustache that goes all the way down to your chin. Yeah. And I left it a little bit longer 
towards like the a, chin part. Like an 1800s president style? Like, yeah, kind of. Well, well no. those are more It was more of chops. like a Western sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I did wear a ridiculous, like the Reno 911 Lieutenant Dangle outfit with some cowboy boots. It worked. I thought it worked well. Um, anyway, we got a question. I was just going to ask. Oh, no. I don't understand how some schools are out of control and some aren't. I don't understand that either, Jerry. Yeah, sorry. Um, are you still recording? Yeah. I don't understand that either, and it, it seems very odd to me when they're basically like, yep, we're going to shut down restaurants, we have to shut down everything, but and, and no gatherings over six people, but you, the schools can right. stay open, and every, you know, just like, wait, you just said like no gatherings over six people. Right. Like, we can't have Thanksgiving, it, but our kids can go to school and daycare. It doesn't make any sense. And then, so I was talking don't to... Don't get me wrong. I don't want schools and daycare to close. I'm just I don't saying, either It doesn't make sense. Like, just there's a lot of stuff going on. It's really strange sense. because so Mazan has had basically zero cases in the school, as far as I'm aware, right? Uh, I, yeah, very few. There might have been a couple early on in the middle school. I don't know, but... Very early. But since then, there's really been no reported cases that caused any sort of issue anyways for the schooling. But then it, I was talking to a listener and a friend, David Timmons, at Stavanger School, which is north of a town, Seneca, nearby us. It's literally in the middle of nowhere, has a very, very small population, and they've been having cases left and right. And boom, Ottawa, boom, boom. too. Ottawa just closed. Ottawa, it's a pretty big town. You know, it's bigger than Morris, and I understand, like, them having some cases, but Stavanger, this little miniature school out in the middle of nowhere, is having more cases than anywhere else around here cases or just positive like tests positive tests in the school again i don't get it i don't understand the, the thing is how many of us if we went and got tested would test positive i don't know we don't know i was tested once a while ago like uh, at the beginning of all of this yeah um, so was i and i was negative and i know i was around people that had it and i know same here that's why 100%. i got tested that I was around people that had it. I was negative and never showed any symptoms whatsoever. But um, I don't know. It's 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 out, it's out of control right now. I understand that you can't base things off anecdotal evidence, but you can't really base things off anything because even the facts and the statistics that we think we know, which we don't even know how accurate they are because it's extremely complicated. Right. So those facts and statistics, we don't even really know the implications of what any of those even mean. No, we and I don't. don't really know that anybody does. Here's the two thing, two things I wanted to touch on is that one, I saw it was just an article basically. It wasn't like a report, but it was just an article that was saying that uh, wearing masks has proven so far coming into the flu season, our normal flu season, flu cases are basically nothing compared to what they would normally be at this point in time. And they're attributing that to our social distancing and wearing masks and people taking more precaution. It is affecting that uh, on a positive trend. The negative of this is that once everybody continues to do this and you're not getting the flu, when we stop doing what we're doing, the flu is going to be so much more impactful to our society than even what it is now. Because as soon as we start interacting with each other without masks and are not social distancing and whatever, the regular flu is going to start affecting everybody on a larger scale 
worse because yeah. we're not getting it anymore and we're not around people that are getting it. So I understand there's like negatives to this herd immunity, but that was a thing for the flu. Like everybody had antibodies. People are getting the flu vaccine, but it doesn't work for all of them. But right now the flu vaccine really doesn't matter when we have masks on and our social distancing because nobody's getting it to begin with. Yeah. And it could be a bigger issue later on because we're not getting the flu anymore. Or they are getting it, and it's getting attributed to COVID. That's, yeah, because that could be it too. <laughs> anyway, well, that's enough about that. I don't know. Uh, Ian was saying uh, that it's being spread by Borat, and that he would have came down I-80. He did. It's a possibility. But we can't rule it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. The next thing, though, was that they just came out this last week with uh, Pfizer did with a, a vaccine that, it has proven to be 90% effective. Yeah. That's, yeah. The vaccine that uh, Trump was talking about on the campaign trail where the Democrats were basically saying we wouldn't use it. If, if anything came out under a Trump administration, we wouldn't recommend people taking it. They specifically said that, no, that's not going to, that can't happen. It won't happen. And then as soon as Biden wins and they announced that same vaccine being successful, it's now the greatest thing in the history of mankind. Correct. I'm not political, but I hate hypocrisy. And that's what that is. A hundred percent. It's it's wrong. I, and, I don't and, get it. And Trump didn't develop that vaccine. No, he had no part in it. And neither did Biden. No, neither one of them had any part A of it. A pharmaceutical company did. Pfizer. Big one. Yeah. They seem to be they seem to be pretty large. Um you got some news, right? Yes, I got news. Um where was Oh, I going? by the way, we're gonna talk about uh a listener question in our second half. Um, we are. We've been talking about The Mandalorian. It's the thing going on right now. If you aren't watching it, you're wrong. We've had some questions and some requests to talk about required watching to watch The Mandalorian. Yeah. So it's similar to like in order of Star Wars, right? Like the Star Wars order of watching it, but it's critiqued a little bit specifically for The Mandalorian. Right. Like what we think you need to watch and in what order. What would be the best case? What would be the abridged version? And yes, I'm not doing an abridged version. You're you're going to do that because you're a little bit more. I mean, let, I'll depth. be clear. I don't think you need to watch any Star Wars to watch The Mandalorian and, and enjoy it immensely. You will still enjoy it, but you will, you will definitely enjoy miss. It more, though. You will definitely miss things out of it and have a lot more questions having not watched any other yes. Star Wars. Um, yeah, there's some new. I got a bunch of news, but one of them that ties directly into COVID. I might as well go to this one. Is AMC, the movie theater company, uh, is creating a private rental program that they're going to do. They tested it already, and they had like 110,000 requests to privately rent their theaters. So they're going to start doing it, and they're going to rent them out. Um, you can rent a theater for $99 for up to 20 people. The catch is different movies are at different rates, so will cost you differently. So like right now, Tenant is out, and it can cost you up to $145 for those 20 people to watch that movie, whereas, you know, if, let's say, Jurassic Park was out again, it would cost you $99 for those 20 people to watch that. Nice. But that is a thing that they're going to do. But what they're also talking about doing before this program even starts and before we get to regular like theatrical viewings, they want to have a waiver put out that you have to fill out saying you got a COVID vaccine before you can come to the movie theater. And you have to prove it. Yeah. Uh, I had this discussion today, weirdly enough that you brought that up, 
um, today with somebody that was saying they didn't like this idea of having, they're talking about having an app that make, it'll basically be like right. red light, green light. Yes. And, uh, you know, they were just saying they didn't like the idea. My, th- my approach is if a private business wants to require you to have a vaccine, I have no issue with that. Yeah. Um, you know, if schools decide that they have to have, want to have mandatory vaccines, they, they can have some rigorous process for people with some sort of objection. Right. But, um, it'd have to be pretty rigorous. I mean, we require MMR vaccines. So right. I don't have a problem with that to an extent. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It doesn't bother me. I could see it causing a problem for, I don't know, not necessarily people for like me. Like it just, it, what if you don't have the availability to get the vaccine yet and you're like waiting, you know, well, because certain people are going to get I, this I would vaccine assume they wouldn't others. implement it until it was widely available. That means we're not going to be able to go to the movie theater until, until it's widely available. April, they said, 2021, April. That sucks. I'm sure it'll roll out before that for elderly people and at-risk people. But What if they did like a terrible April Fool's joke? And they're like, hey, this vaccine was coming out. Uh, April Fool's. It's <laughs> July. I don't even know by the time it, the vaccine comes out if we're going to need the vaccine anymore. I know. Well, uh, that's happened with other pandemic. There's no possible way they won't be able to sell the hell out of this vaccine. It doesn't matter. We may not need it. Like in reality, we may not need this vaccine, but you are going to be able to get millions of people to take it no matter what. I'll take it. I mean, if you're going to... I'll take all vaccines. Give them to me. Shoot me up. I was just telling Grady the other day when on my deployment, before we actually left country, uh, we were in Indiana for some training and whatnot. They shot us up with so many different inoculations yeah i mean i don't even in one day i had 19 injections yeah and that was like the whole thing then when we went over into country i still had to continue on with uh anthrax shots because it's like it's a four stage shot that goes in like different months so like you get your first shot then you don't get the next one for two months then you don't get the next one for three months then you get the last one like six months later so it does you basically no good while you're deployed because we're already deployed and I still don't have the last round of shots. <laughs> right. but, and even after you get the anthrax vaccine, it only just keeps you alive a little bit longer. You will still die. <laughs> right. Like you will still die of it. I've had a lot for just travel purposes, not nearly as much as you probably, but. Well, mine are all. A lot of odd, obsolete now, odd ones so. I had to go to, you know, I had to go to special places to get. Like have yellow. you had the smallpox vaccine? Yeah, I think I had smallpox. That's the worst. Yellow thing fever, in the world. polio. Yeah. Hep A, Hep B, Hep C. Those are all yep. like seri- three series shots. Yep. Um, a lot of stuff. Smallpox was stuff. the single worst thing I've ever had. All of us, you know. That's in the our one that's company, like a bunch of shots at once, right? Yeah, they like poke you a bunch of times. Like it's a little yeah. needle thing that they I didn't just poke have on your arm. I didn't have that. You've told me about it. I didn't have that one. We all woke Unless up. Unless they gave it to me in a different way. You know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, ours was like, it looked like. Um, you know one of them lice combs, but just on a miniature no, scale? No, I've never had lice, Jerry. Well, neither have I, but I just know what the little comb looks like. It's like very thin metal. Because you're rods. always getting called out. I guess. They're like, that guy's got to have lice. They don't do it anymore. Isn't that weird? Yeah, they do. When's the last time you've heard of a lice check at a school? I thought they did it last year. I don't think they do them anymore. No, I'm positive they do, because I know of kids that have been sent home for lice because we were told about it because it was in Grady's class. 
Oh, okay. Maybe they just like saw bugs on them and sent them home. I don't know. But I'm like pretty a, sure they had checks. There's like cricket in their hair. They're like, they got lice. <laughs> it's jumbo lice. Get the de-louser <laughs> over here, Beth. Anyway, that's what the smallpox thing looked like. And they just like jabbed your arm a bunch of times in a circle. And then the very next day, everybody woke up. It was like you got hit by a freight train. Everything on your body hurt. You know, all your like lymph nodes. That's how you know it's working. Everything hurt. And everybody looked at each other like, what did they do to us? And then they tell you, you have to keep your Band-Aid over top that, like the site that they do it. Don't wash that area. Don't rub it. Like if your Band-Aid falls off, get a new one on it right away. You can't itch it. Uh, You have to wait until the scab itself literally falls off your arm. And when it does, you got to pick it up with like gloves or something else and throw it away because it's super infectious and if you touch it at all you can spread it across your whole arm so people were getting like satellite they call them satellite pox like smallpox around on their arm and those people had to be quarantined because it would start infecting other people it's just a horrible thing like it's really dumb i haven't got smallpox though so i guess that's a positive either has anybody in like hundreds of years (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly uh okay so that was uh amc news Walt Disney, they have a streaming app. Did you know this? I did. It's called Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Do you think people have this app? I think a lot of people have this app. A lot of people have this app. Is that where the the stock has been skyrocketing? Yeah, I believe so. So their projections were by 2024, they were going to have anywhere from 60 to 90 million subscribers. That's what their projections, right? 2024. That's what, four years away? Three and a half? 3.1. As of this week, they have 74 million subscribers. Oh, man. Just run away. And that stock almost hit 150 the other day. And they are are one week shy of their one-year anniversary. Nice. So in one year, they've made, they've have, they will have over 74 million subscribers, and they were thinking it was going to take at least five to get with essentially only one show. They have, yeah. So, can you imagine once they start releasing Marvel content? I'm well, they've had you. Mulan. They had Mulan well, come that's out, true. and they gained. They said they gained a lot of subscribers from Mulan coming out. Obviously, The Mandalorian was a big one, which came out right away. And then there was one more. Wasn't there another one? Yeah, there's various other ones, but nothing but, major. And then they've got another one that I was talking about before a couple weeks ago called Soul. They have a movie coming out yeah. this December. Um, but it hasn't come out yet, and obviously that wouldn't sub- that won't affect their subscribers until December. But yeah, they're rocking it, and they're making all the monies. I in bought a thousand dollars worth of shares at the very bottom when after the COVID crash, and then I've been buying two shares a day, two shares every other week since. Really? Yeah. So how many do you have? Like forty-seven thousand shares. I, you're I, a half. You're fifty percent owner. I have, of a, Disney? I have a lot of shares. <laughs> That's incredible. I have like a couple grand worth of shares of Disney, and they went up like thirty. Sell. Ding if, ding ding ding. You ding, gotta ding. sell. If it goes up, you sell. You sell high, Chris. Sell high, buy low. Yeah. That's what they tell you. Well, the stock market's about to hit the all-time uh, low. all-time high. So. All right, wait. Sell. All you said all time. 
That means throughout all of time. I don't know. Now they're predicting going all the way up to 40,000. This is where they're going to get you. You're going to try to hold out. This is where they get you. You're going to hold out because you see these projections, and it's going to be false. Well, anyway, people, I shouldn't be allowed to... Buy stocks? Buy stocks. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Just pick companies that I think are interesting, and I buy stock in them. Like, if I I use them a lot, we go to Disney a lot, I spend money there, so I'm like, I'll buy it. I bought some Tesla because I thought it was cool, and that's gone up 275% since I bought it. That's good. Tesla's uh, doing well as well. Yeah. So we had a conversation the other night about, uh, you know, we had talked, Alex Trebek passed away. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's a good topic to talk about. He uh, was a longtime, uh, what was it, host of Jeopardy. But not original Not original host. We were corrected on that last week. Uh, Thank you. Jimmy Seedentop. But there are talks, according to Chris, of Ken Jennings, the greatest Jeopardy contestant of all time. Yeah, proven. Way to bury the lead there. So the discussion was who could be the next Jeopardy host. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that your computer doing that? Not. I don't know what is doing that. It's not mine in the slightest. Um, Yeah, Ken Jennings could be the next host of Jeopardy. And we were talking about like, I or I was, I couldn't see anybody else but Alex Trebek being the host of Jeopardy. But that man, boy, I love him. Well, it makes sense on a lot of fronts. And, I, and we'll talk about a little some of the other people that they got thrown out. Um, but they brought him on as a consulting producer about a year ago. He is see, and I didn't know that. the ultimate Jeopardy champion. He is. And he's got a very good personality, albeit a little egotistical. You know, but he's got a little bit of smart ass in him, and so did Alex. He's funny. Um, he could do a great job. I think he should be the host. Because I think Alex was kind of standoffish to people. You know what I mean? Like he didn't. He uh, was the he was the host. He was friendly, but he was always like very structured. I don't think that's true. Yes, it was. Look I mean, at him. Yeah, he was professional, but that's he had I'm, a sense of humor. He had. He was definitely a smart ass. Yeah, and so was Ken. Yeah. Um. But he Ken also does know more than you. Oh, there's no doubt. You know what I mean? That. Like, no, I mean, and oh, any yeah, other contestant yeah. that comes on the show, sure. I think he is. He has the creds. So apparently, to be egotistical. Apparently, uh, there's rumors that Alec Trebek had mentioned a couple people. These are just rumors, and they have not been confirmed. He mentioned a couple people. Did he, he mentioned a couple people, and he had said apparently Marlon Wayne that he thought it should be a female. That replaces him. This is allegedly, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, we had a discussion there. I thought Ken Jennings would be perfect. Yes, but I agree. there's no way they don't take this opportunity. There's no way they're putting... I mean, it's just... It's going to end up being a woman. Yeah. Not that that's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but I feel like Ken Jennings is a better fit so like he's a better fit for the show i had read some other options and mentioned them to you and then i thought of some other options too okay all right ones that have been thrown thrown about that we discussed anderson cooper and george stephanopoulos per, I, that would be a travesty yeah i do not like anderson cooper in that in that role if you, either one of those got who was the other one? Anderson George Cooper. Stephanopoulos. Oh, no, not in the slightest. Those He'd be good at that. two people are too, way too tainted by politics. Very much so. And they're just not, 
I don't feel like they're a good host for a show like that. You need that. somebody that's smart. I mean, I'm not saying they're not smart, but are they trivia geniuses? I think Anderson Cooper is a very intelligent person, and George Stephanopoulos probably is too, but they're just in a different way. They're too, de- like, ex- they're politically charged. Yeah, that's all they, so that's, that's their livelihood. That's a terrible choice for me. Um, there was some talk of Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I would fully support. I would support that as well, and he's uh, a genius. There's talk of LeVar Burton, who I would fully support. I would too, but is is he a trivia genius? Do we know? Apparently, he is good at it. I think he's been on Celebrity Jeopardy and also uh, has said that it is like the number one thing he wants to do with his life. But wait, I mean, we also have to take into consideration that the host obviously has the answers all in front of him. All of the course. Time. So, yes. But you know that he knew a lot of those answers. Sure, he did. But he was also just very well read right. in the question. So he could just like spout out and the answer right away. And he's probably read them ahead of time. And there's also judges there and producers there that are feeding him things in his ear. So anyway, those are both two good options. So, One that I thought of um, that would be a good option, I think, would be Will Wheaton. I like Will Wheaton a lot. Will uh, Wheaton. Wheaton. One of apparently the most... Name bandied about most, um, which actually uh, Ian suggested, is Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik. She's very smart. She would be very she's good. She's like some sort of biologist or neuroscientist. Uh, or Mike something. says not Neil Tyson, but Mike Tyson. I don't think he would be good. I, I, he's a very entertaining man. He is very entertaining. I don't think that he would be good for Jeopardy, though. No. Um, he'll be like, all of his answers would be like, "What is a tiger?" <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think clearly Ken Jennings for me would be my number one choice. My Bialik would be very good. She would be awesome. Uh, apparently, there's another woman that's a host, Brooks Burns. That's a host of the I game. I don't know her. There's a couple trivia shows that are apparently pretty popular on Game Show Network that she hosts. So that'd be fine. You know who'd be great, Ellen. She. I heard she's mean. I've heard she's mean too. <laughs> That's the latest report. She's very mean to Isn't her it employees. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> Everything what? going on in the world, and like it's a story <laughs> that Ellen's, that Ellen's mean. mean. She's mean to work for. Yeah. Boy, I hope none of those wow. people come ever work for me. No kidding. <laughs> They're not going to be happy. You're very mean. <laughs> I'm not a very nice employer. You're not at all. You're not very nice to sit across from. You're just mean. So what do we got next? That's, that's our Jeopardy. Uh, we're both... Ken Jennings would be oh, our number yeah. one. I want Ken Jennings. For me, I would say Ken Jennings would be fine. Uh, I, I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, so that. But would be I like fine. that. What's her name? I Ma- like Mayim Maya, Bialik. Mayim. She's also a neuroscientist, right? From MIT. Something like that. She's some sort of scientist. Very intelligent. She was Blossom. That's what I remember her from, and obviously from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. But I remember her from Blossom. First. I hated her character on Big Bang Theory, but I do like her as a person. I've I've seen her. Yeah. Do something. Oh, another name that was thrown out was Danica McKellar. I don't know. That she name at all. was. She is also a scientist. She's also celebrity. She was on the Wonder Years. She played uh, Winnie. That's Winnie. Yeah. She's a scientist. She's too? a mathematician, and she writes a series of books about math. Math for young girls, basically. I would have her on the show immediately, as long as she's got her long Winnie hair. <laughs> <laughs> I was in love with her for a long time, Chris. Long time. You wouldn't understand about crushes like that. Speaking of crushes, I have another celebrity crush of mine. If there was one celebrity crush that I had when I was an adult, this is it. 
and it's been since as an adult yes as an adult like in your married life this is my celebrity crush oh yeah for sure you don't have one no i once i got married to my lovely wife i that's all i have eyes for right yeah me too and i, I do like obviously because this is obviously not a possibility it's but if a it was a possibility crush. then what would you do I mean, I'd give her a strong hug. <laughs> I'd give her a real strong hug. All right. Uh, she was on Doctor Who. Oh, Karen Gillum. Karen Gillum. Man, I love that woman. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. She's pretty great. She has a new movie coming out. I'm in. And I, I kind of am too, even though She's it's, one of my favorite actresses. She's very good. And she has a new movie coming out when they recorded this or like filmed it. I don't know. Um, but it's coming out relatively soon. It's called Gunpowder Milkshake. I love it. And it's, uh, let's see, co-directed. It sounds like a comic book that we would write. It does. It's, I love the <laughs> we name. We may have bandied about that term before, I feel like. I don't think we ever said Gunpowder Milkshake. I don't know. I still want to write that comic book, Princess Dinosaur. Princess Dinosaur. I don't know if I remember this. I think I wrote a, a rough outline to it. Okay. <laughs> Great. We'll talk about it. Uh, so it features Gillen as an assassin named Sam who joins the same crime syndicate that her mother, Scarlet, who is Lena Headey from Game of Thrones. I don't like her. I don't like her either. Um, but I didn't like her character on Game of Thrones more than anything. But her acting in it was just... Yeah, I'm not a big just fan of her. a lot of standing and staring. Yeah. But she might have been told to do that. Holding you know. a glass. Yeah. A lot of wine. Um, that's her mom. Anyways. Oh, Ian says he watched Jumanji 2 today. Great movie. Great movie. Phenomenal. Love that one. Um, so, uh, so she yeah joins the same crime syndicate that her mother Scarlett was a part of. However, Sam soon finds herself in the care of a girl named Emily and reunites with her mother as well as a deadly assassin known as, as well as the deadly assassins known as the librarians. I don't have a lot going on here. Yeah. So she she's an assassin, meets up with her mom, has to take care of this young girl, has to fight the librarians. It doesn't sound like my cup of tea, to be honest. It doesn't either, but I'm going to watch it <laughs> because I think it would be fun, and I like Karen Gill. Here's my question. Why does Mike keep saying hashtag Jose Abreu? Uh, I mean, he is a White Sox player. He's the best White Sox player. He should have been the league MVP for the American League. I think he's just a super fan, is all. I don't know what it pertains to. Oh, what I'm missing tons of comments. And he said, hashtag Jose Abreu for Jerry Snyder. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I, I'm missing a bunch of comments, guys. I apologize. Something about me getting sucker punched. <laughs> that is true. I got sucker punched by explosive <laughs> devices. Um, Ian said that she's she, also the blue robot. Yeah, she robot. she plays Nebula in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. She does. That looks like a terrible role to play. Oh my god, it looks miserable. I don't want to be covered in blue gunk and whatever else they paint on her. Yeah, it looks awful. But that's not her. It's uh, Jennifer Lawrence that did uh, Mystique. Correct. That would be worse. Yeah. I think that would be worse. Could you imagine just standing there, buck naked, while they basically? Paint you blue and put like a leaf over your nipple. Sounds like a regular Saturday for me. 
I you mean, don't, you don't to ever be just... the painter guy is a great job. <laughs> yeah. You don't ever just stand naked for someone to paint you? It's weird. Paint me like one of your French girls. Yeah, that's what I tell Amy every Saturday as she paints me blue. <laughs> it's a weird thing we do. It's Don't worry about it. Johnny Depp. He's an actor. Yes. And, uh, you know, pretty well-renowned, I would say. Like, he's done a lot of things. People think he's, like, this great actor. I, that's what they say. He's a great actor. And is he? Yes. It's the same person every time. He's objectively a great actor. Okay. I'll give it to you. I mean, Jack Sparrow. Very great. That's a great character. Hunter yes. S. Thompson. Great character. You've got two. There, there's a bunch more. Edward Scissorhands. Great. Oh, he's really good in those Alice in Wonderland movies. He is... He is good in those. He's good in everything. He really is. You're right. But he just acts... I feel like it's the same guy. It's the same character. Yeah, it's similar. You know what I mean? So he's been playing in the those Fantastic Beast movies, and he was just released from Fantastic Beast yeah, number he's played, three. Yeah, he played Grindelwald. Right. Dumbledore's uh, love interest. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I haven't ever seen any of those movies. They're I like watch diametrically opposed. It's like basically if you took Professor X and Magneto, but made them love In interests. Love. Really? That's basically what's going on there. It's kind of mean. And Amy. one of them is Michael Fassbender. So. Oh, no kidding? Yeah, he plays Dumbledore. Strange. Yeah. I never saw. I haven't seen him. <laughs> I haven't even seen all of the Harry Potters yet. So that's, that's what I'm trying um, to do. He was released anyways. Johnny Depp was released from Fantastic Beasts number three because of allegations of him beating his wife, Amber Heard. So Allegations. Allegations. But this is on the back end of him already filing a suit against her and trying to get a divorce because he's claimed that she was beating him. Correct. And that's been a thing and for quite a while, though. And then he sued the newspaper... For slander that said that he... He, will, he was a wife beater. Yeah, which he lost, that lawsuit, he did. for whatever reason. But it's just... Uh, it's weird to watch Hollywood flock to his defense. Mm-hmm. Again, hypocrisy on all fronts. Um, but... There's been... He was asked to resign, and he obliged. Yes. He was not fired. And he... No. But he basically was fired. He stepped down. Like, yeah. he chose to step down because he was asked to, but he is also getting his full salary for the movie. No, I think he's getting partial salary. No, he's getting the full thing. Well, but there you go. This article, at least, that I read said he's getting his full salary. I think it'll for that be movie. weird to replace him, but honestly, he was not the draw of that movie. And I know a lot of people have said, like, no, he's, oh, he's a big name. I go, but he wasn't even the billable name of that movie. Like, no. he was, he's not even the draw. It was a shock. At the end of the first movie, to see him because he wasn't really even in the first movie. Okay, um, it was Colin Farrell. That was what role did he play? Grindel. Well, you got to watch it. Okay, I, don't I will spoil it for you. I need to watch the all the first Harry one's Potters not first. Great. Okay, the second one is really good. Really? Yeah, the second Fantastic Beast movie. I'm looking forward to the third one quite a bit actually. I need to catch up on all this. I'm trying. Here's the problem. So I'm trying to watch this along with like my children. Like Grady wants to watch them, but it's never on the timeline that I want to. Yeah. Which my timeline is basically every single night can we watch one of these movies? And they just won't do it. So I'm gonna have to start cutting ahead. You know, I'm I just finished the third movie the other night, The Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, that's a good one. 
Great movie. It's one of the best ones. It, actually, I think that's the best one. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've reached the peak. You've reached the peak. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's a couple more really good ones too, but that's the best one. All right. Well, that's fine. Uh, I've I've enjoyed There's it. There's a couple poor, not as good ones. The first too. two I've seen a bunch, and I feel like I've watched them a bajillion times because we have to keep going back to like the middle of the second one to try to finish it, but everybody falls asleep and then we don't. And then the next night we have to go back to the middle to try to finish it. And nobody does. It's just this groundhog day thing of the second movie that I don't want to watch anymore. I'm getting really aggravated. So I did watch the third one. Now I need to move on. Um, That's a long Harry Potter discussion. What else I was going to say about this Johnny Depp thing is that uh, floating around the internet is a petition that over a million people have signed to get Amber Heard removed from Aquaman 2. Yeah. Whether they do that or not, I don't know. Why these petitions even have an they effect won't. on anything in, uh, like, Hollywood. It's odd, though. Same studio. The same studio are doing both of those movies? Yeah, Warner Brothers. Is it Warner Brothers? Yep. That does the Fantastic Beasts show? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess they want her to be gone out of Aquaman. We'll see. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. But it worked for the Snyder Cut. Yeah. They had a huge petition for that. Yeah. And he brought it back. Yes, he did. There's a lot of talk about this Snyder Cut, too. What else you got? WandaVision. Finally got a premiere date for January 2021. And one of the people in the show has claimed that it's basically six different movies in one. Mm, I don't know what that means. So what I don't she, know if that's good. So what she was talking about is that <clears throat> throughout the season, it's going to be like six different scenarios. So like in the beginning, it's one. You know how you've seen the black and white pictures of them yeah. and stuff like that, where it's like in the 50s, um, and then it switches into a new... like. Oh, genre type Yeah, thing. genre. Oh, I love it when And then I'll switch to the next genre. I mean, And that's, that. that's what she was explaining. And when I read it, I was like, man. It's kind of like The Mandalorian, in a way. How? It doesn't switch genres at all. It's been the same. Each episode kind of- is markedly different than the other in, as far as... I know, obviously, it's not changing, like, actual filming technique, but it's hearkening back to something specific for that, like, one episode. Yeah. And it sounds like they're doing that kind of same idea. I think so, too. I think they're going to have, like... This might be a little more reality splitting, where it's... Well, you know how in, uh, like, the Clone Wars, how they have, like, specific, like, story arcs between three to four yes. episodes? I think that's what they're doing. Okay. I think it'll be, like, three episodes where you have, the like, the black and white, and then they move into color, and it'll be a story there, and then it moves into something, a different time frame... And they do something there. That's a guess. But from reading that article, it sounded like something similar to that. Nice. I'm in, Which I'm in for that. I am so into that. I just, I really love those characters. Um, why can't I think of his name now? Vision. Vision. The, the WandaVision. I love Vision. I think he's an incredible character. I read up about him a lot after I saw him in the Avengers. And he's... So much more powerful than they gave him credit for. Oh yeah, he just scratched the surface. It it wasn't even that. It wasn't as like 
they they didn't talk about him at all, and he could have had a huge part in that show. Right. right. And they just basically forgot about him and just left him for dead. Literally. Like, just, that was it. And that's so aggravating to me, because he could have a really big role. Hmm. That's aggravating. Yeah. No, I mean, I think what happened there was other people rose to stardom. Good point. I mean... I don't know that. They well, you expect- can't have everybody as a hero. Like, not every single character could have been the hero of the story. But right, and you can't really show. I've always argued that they didn't show enough of Thor. <clears throat> like Thor's character is so much more powerful than they gave him credit for, too. But whatever, it's got to be about Tony Stark. They didn't in the movies, but they do in the comics. So there you go. You're right, and that's why I love the comics. It's called an expanded universe, Jerry. I love the comics, but they should have done it in the movies. Okay. <laughs> okay. Last one I got. Showtime, which I just found out tonight. I was not aware of this. It was an article about like a recast in a new show. They recasted uh, a part in the new show for Halo. They're doing a Halo show on Showtime. Yeah, I think we talked about that before. I don't remember it. Yeah. I was very surprised to hear this, and I'm excited about it. You're not a Halo guy. You've never really played much of it, I don't believe, right? Um, I've played a lot of it. I'm just not a huge. I'm just not a huge, huge fan. I mean, I've watched a couple of the animated movies. Yeah. Um, that came out a long time ago. They're fine. I mean, I like the game. It never felt to me. I never got super connected into the story as much. It just kind of felt like a shooter. Really? Yeah. But I get it. It is know, kind of. I, I was just... I only I, really ever played through... I think it would have been Halo... What's the new one that's out now? Four? Halo, yeah. It came out after Reach. Reach yeah, okay. was like in 2013. So and like the three and Reach, I played all the way through. I don't think I ever played through Reach four. was really fast. That was a Yeah, fast it was a short game. game. It yeah. wasn't particularly good that I remember. It was fine, but no, it wasn't anything spectacular. But they have a new show coming out on Showtime. It's supposed to premiere sometime in 2021 but the recasting was that they had a lady playing cortana which is like the voice in the game and they recasted it to the original lady that jen taylor she's the one who actually voiced cortana in all of the video games and they casted her finally as the actual person to voice cortana and i saw that and i was like in a in a halo show what are they talking about so I had to dig a little deeper. I don't remember talking about it before. Um, I don't know. I think it was just quickly mentioned. I, however, but I'm excited about that. I a, think it'll be really great. I was a pretty big fan of Red vs. Blue, which was like a Halo web series. You remember Red yeah. vs. Blue? I was a pretty big fan of that show. Yeah, that was very good. Funny. And they had a movie. Humorous. They had a Halo, I think it was a Reach movie. There was, there's been several animated movies. That came out. Dude was really big into it. I remember Dude talking about those. Yeah. Um, and he told me a couple to watch that I did. The animation's bad, but the movies are good. Yeah, for sure. There's lots of books too, apparently, and comic books, of course. But um, I'm I'm looking right now. Um, other media: Halo film, uh, no release date. Halo Waypoint in 2009. Um, Halo Legends was short films. Halo Four. Forward to Dawn. I don't know. There's a bunch of web. They're mostly web series. But there was um, a couple little short movies. Anyway. <laughs> so 
I don't know what this was about, but I don't know what Ian was laughing about, but Ian commented and said, that laugh was good as goat versus donkey episode. <laughs> that was a good episode, I got to say. It was. I liked that episode because you had donkeys that killed goats. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Uh, well, that's all I got. That's all the news I got. You um, got any news? Um, No, I'm I'm a newsless man. Newsless man. You bring the news. I bring the opinions. That's true. You are <laughs> strong on the opinion. Uh, do you want to do what we're watching now, or do you want to wait till after we do our... our uh... Doesn't matter. I think either or. What do you uh, want? You're, uh, you're the boss. You're right. the opinion. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about our uh, custom, or customer, no, listener requested question. Yes. That came to us, a couple actually, um, talking about the Mandalorian and wanting to get more information on what they needed to watch to get up to speed for the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I thought we could be of service here. I absolutely think we could be of service, and we're going to be. We're going to service you (laughs) hard. We're going to service the crap out of your Mandalorian needs. You're going to be serviced. You're going to leave here fully satisfied. Oh, my gosh. Full service. Speaking of service, it was Veterans Day, and they did... uh, they had free oil changes at Mobile One. Oh, yeah? In did you Morris. go? I did go, only because I've never taken up anything, like the free food at different places and stuff like that. I've never done it before. But I was, like, severely over on an oil change, and I had told Amy on Tuesday night, I was like, well, I'm off tomorrow. I was like, I'm going to go. I was just going to do the oil change myself. I was like, I'm going to go buy some oil, get filters, whatever, just change my oil tomorrow because I had nothing else to do. And then... A, somebody I work with posted on Facebook and said, Mobile One is doing free oil, ch- oil changes. And I was like, I think that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. <laughs> so I get to Mobile One at like 8.30 in the morning after I dropped the boys off at school and pulled in line, got everything set up, and I go inside. And I was the youngest person in that place. There was like nine people ahead of me. And I was the youngest person in that place by 45 years. <laughs> I'm positive they have that set up for like the retirement crowd because yeah, it was like probably. Eight, eight to noon. Those are the, that was the hours that they were doing the free oil changes. And the only people in there were the ones that wear their hat. that says like retired yeah. vet. They all had leather coats. I don't know if that's a thing. Like, do I have to get a leather coat? Absolutely. Yeah. Now? They all had leather coats and we sat around talking and all of them were talking about things that well before my time yeah you know i was like well i was in a war that had pizza hut on base <laughs> like like i had pizza hut we had really good coffee is it the same like with old old people where they're like when i'm mighty i had to walk uphill both ways to war oh yes oh yes there <laughs> you was young like and you young whippersnappers you don't have to do the war the way we had to do the war it wasn't even like towards me it was in between, like amongst all of the old men, they were just trying to one up each other. It was like, oh, that's so, I hate. That. Oh my gosh, it was so aggravating. <laughs> Every single one of them was like, "Well, yeah, but I did this. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, but when I was there, it was like this bad. Well, yeah, but I got this foot fungus. Well, I... stop talking about your feet. <laughs> like a lot of them talked about their feet, and that's bad. You know, gangrene, trench foot. Yeah, that could be bad. We're just here for oil changes, man. Like, come on. Let's move it along. Yeah. 
And then they'd look at me like, I had none of those things. <laughs> I don't have my feet are in good condition. Desert war. Right. Desert warfare. I, actually, I needed lotion <laughs> real bad. Needed lotion. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, I don't know how I got on that topic. but I don't know either what that has to do with the Mandalorian. But the Mandalorian. So we've talked about it last week in our episode. We talked about the first two episodes. Uh, next week, we will discuss the third as it comes out tonight, actually. right? Yes. Or tomorrow morning, I guess. Um, it's definitely a show everybody needs to be watching. It's amazing. I agree. But as we said, there's a couple of people asked us some questions about what order to watch it. So, Jerry, what do you think? We are going to get into it. So, me personally, looking over different orders and things that I like, I'm really stuck on this chronological order of the movies. I like the idea of it, and I think it'd be very good. You mean release date? or the? No, chronological as they happened in Star Wars time. Okay. Right? So, obviously, like, Phantom Menace happened first. Do you necessarily need to watch Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones for Mandalorian stuff? No, you really don't. But if you're watching it for Star Wars, I like this order. So, it'd be the first three, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. Then it goes Solo. Then it goes Rogue One. And then you're into A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. After Return of the Jedi, you would get into The Mandalorian. Okay. So you're not including any of the animated stuff. So, yes, you could. That's just movies. You would have to add in. Because that was specifically the question, part, part mostly. You're was. right. So you'd have to add in The Clone Wars, obviously, and you'd have to add in Rebels. Rebels, I haven't seen. Clone Wars, I've seen the majority of it, but not all of it. So you'd have to add both of those, which obviously would be... After the Attack of the Clones. Okay. So... Right? Isn't Attack... So does Clone Wars happen after Attack of the Clones or during the exact same time frame? It's during the exact same time it frame. It spans from Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith. Right. And then Rebels picks up right before A New Hope, you told me. Yeah. So there you go. So like after Rogue One, you could pick up Rebels. Um, yeah. Yeah, you could. Or Or... You could watch Rebels and then Rogue One. It's like hand in hand, right? Yeah, I mean, I okay. So here, my here be my opinion. Um, I agree with you. Basically, I would go Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Clone Wars, Rebels, Rogue One, the original trilogy in order, and then Mandalorian. And then Mandalorian. But I you, understand this is that's a lot of watching for people. So I've come up with a more what I want like to call a bridged version that is more Mandalorian focused. Here's my argument with that though. Okay. So it is Mandalorian focused, but within the Mandalorian as you watch it and we can catch these things because we've seen so many movies and different TV shows, there is a lot of deep cut stuff and Easter eggs in the Mandalorian that you will completely miss out on having not seen some of these things beforehand. So mostly for the original trilogy though, does it take away from the experience? I guess as a whole, no, but will you get more out of it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm talking about for somebody that has a cursory knowledge, like they've seen them all, but they, they are not deep into them and they just want a refresher. Maybe. Mm -hmm. This is the order I would, this is what I would do. I would start with, if, if your primary concern 
It's just catching up on backstory for The Mandalorian. I would start with Attack of the Clones. I'd skip Phantom Menace. Start with Attack of the Clones. I, because that's your first introduction to Jango Fett. Yes, I like and that idea. Boba Fett. And they got a pretty decent-sized role in that. Yeah, they do. And you get the whole concept of cloning and everything to do with clones, which is a big part of a lot of stuff. Turns out it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And then from there, I'd go straight to the Clone Wars, to the cartoon. The Clone Wars cartoon is phenomenal for anybody that's a Star Wars fan or not, because it, the first season, it start or maybe even two seasons, two, it starts a little kid-like, and then as the show goes on, they clearly realize their audience was adults, yeah, and it changes tone dramatically, and it gets pretty dark and violent. So I pretty had, quickly here, I had a problem with, I didn't really care for the animation to be honest in the beginning. I didn't really care for the animation. But and you it kind of turned me off when I was watching it because I didn't really care for the animation and it was kid-like. Like it was just too kiddy to me in the beginning. But making it through that and getting into later seasons, boy, oh boy. It gets heavy, heavy it, and dark. It's unbelievable the way they turn this show around. animated show around. And again, and at first I didn't like the way they did... The story arcs, because you have like a certain story and then all of a sudden it jumps into a different story arc that you don't think has anything to do at the time with the first three episodes you just watched. But then by the end, it all comes together. Yeah. And I think it's genius. It is. At, at first, I was like, I don't know if I like this because I don't know what's going on. As soon as they tie it all together and you understand it, you realize the story is so much bigger than you ever thought yeah. to begin with, and I love it. So if there's ever a cartoon that I could say is the greatest like animated project ever, it is this. Yeah. By far. So, I mean, Attack of the Clones, then Clone Wars, the whole series, I think it's seven seasons. It's a lot. It is seven. It's they ended on seven. Uh, the newest season just came out last year. Um, on Disney+. Plus. On Disney+. Plus. You can probably even skip Attack of the Clones if you really want to abridge that because there's a lot of watching there. But I would say Clone Wars is required watching if you want backstory because um, somewhere in the second half of that series, there's quite a bit of Mandalorian stuff going on. Right, especially like Darksaber stuff. Especially the last season, the newest season, was The Fall of Mandalore. Yes. So, Gosh, what a good season. You could probably even cut out the first couple seasons. The first two definitely you don't need. To be honest, from Clone Wars, I would go directly to Rebels um, and pretty much watch that all the way through because it's not as long, it's not as many seasons. Um, the again, the first season of of Rebels, it you get caught up pretty quick, but the first do you batch of episodes are a little more kid focused before it really makes a turn, and it's not as dark as Clone Wars, but it's deeper. Like heartfelt, um, that and just you get more invested in it. So, um, do I? Because I haven't seen Rebels, I apologize to you now. Um, but do I need to see the first season to continue on? Like, is there a continuation between the first season and the rest of the seasons for me to the first season specifically? Yes, uh, probably not. Because I just don't want to waste my time with something that I'm going to be like, huh. No, I mean, it's still good, and you need to watch it so you can establish the rapport with the characters to care later on, essentially. 
But How many seasons are five? It? Maybe. Oh, that's short. Um, and they're not as long as seasons either. I don't think. But anyway, uh, later on in the cl- in the Rebels run, since uh, one of the main characters is a Mandalorian, it goes deep into Mandalore itself, the different houses, the warring factions. Really. Um, so there's a lot to pick up on there if you really want to get some information. That's good. So wait, let's recap real quick. So you have Attack, Attack. of the Clones, uh, Clone, Clone Wars, Wars, Rebels, Rebels, and then and, and I know a lot of people are think are sitting here like, hey man, I like that Mandalorian. I don't want to go bu- watch a bunch of cartoons. Listen, I know it's worth it. it I don't really know what to tell you. It. I get it. I understand what you're saying. But it's good. And here's the big thing is that Dave Filoni had a hand in all of this stuff. So That's what I was going to mention. Dave Filoni, the guy who makes The Mandalorian. I know Jan, John Favreau also. Yeah. It's both of them together. I think a lot of the story is, is co-written by them. But essentially, Dave Filoni's the main guy. He's the main and guy of The Mandalorian, but it was also the main guy. Of both The Clone Wars and, and Rebels. Rebels. Yeah. I mean, he is... This is his. If you want to watch his work from beginning to end, so it's those three series. The, that's just what I wanted to touch on is that if you want to be able to know what's going on in Mandalorian, and if you want to be more in tune with that, that's is your backstory. Those, yeah, this is the backstory you need to get into. I know it's a cartoon. I know it could be kind of, you know, childish, I guess, to some people, but the story there is is what you need to see. Yeah. Um, after that. If you're not uh, super up to date with Star Wars, then you should watch the original trilogy, all three of them. Yes. So A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Um, not a lot of Mandalorian stuff going on there. I'll be at a couple cameos um, from Boba Fett, but it's really more to just get because the you, feel. You, you of do the, have to see Return of the Jedi in order to really understand some of the stuff. Yeah, Return of the Jedi. The, the storyline that the Mandalorian is, it's coming directly after those three movies, basically. Yep. I think we talked about it. It's five years after Return of the Jedi, so nine years after A New Hope. So it's very much a post war world. It is post empire. Post empire, post war world, post original trilogy world. And it's, it's heavily influenced by that and directly related to it. And there's lots of callbacks to it. So it's it's absolutely, in my opinion, required that at the very least you were to watch the original trilogy. I'm just saying you'll get more out of all of it if you watch The Clone Wars and if you watch Rebels. I love the scene in the first season of The Mandalorian. This isn't really a spoilers, but it, it does happen in the first season where he's, I think he's on Tatooine. Or he's on some sort of desert planet, but he's walking past all of these spikes, and they've got like uh, stormtrooper helmets, yeah, stuck on the spikes all through this, and it's just like a glancing shot. You know, it's not anything that they stick on or that you really need to notice. It's just that it really sets the tone for what the Mandalorian, like the time frame that the Mandalorian's in, and how the whole like universe is reacting to this so everything is dead like the empire is dead everything's done and this really shows you that so you get this scene or this shot of just all these helmets stuck on spikes kind of like in game of thrones when they were putting heads on spikes like in the beginning of that show it's similar to that and i think it has just as much much weight like this is a big deal like these guys 
are dead to us. They used to control everything, and now they are nothing. And I don't know. I just think it's really cool. Yeah. And some of them have like red streaks on their helmets. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, and that's basically it. I mean, if I had to boil it down to what's the most important, it's just the original trilogy. Those three would be the ones to watch, but you'll get a lot of backstory. Now, the backstory you get from Clone Wars and Rebels is nothing that's specifically outlined in The Mandalorian yet. Right. That's the biggest thing, yet, because I'm waiting to see But you're going to get so much coming. more. Uh, it's totally going to be worth your while right now to go back and start watching those because they are, this season, going to be introducing characters from both the Clone Wars and from Rebels. They're right. going to be introducing Ahsoka Tano, who is the, one of the main characters. I just can't even handle the fact that this is happening. Yeah, and they're going to be introducing Sabine Wren, who is one of the main characters, a Mandalorian from Rebels. Yes. And Ahsoka Tano is in Rebels as well. So I, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's really worth your while to spend the... They're 20-minute they're episodes. I mean, they're not long. Well, tw- yeah, 24. No, I mean, they're made for... Th- 30-minute time slots, 10 minutes of commercials. So they're Well, but in season... Are you talking about Mandalorian right now? No, I'm talking about Clone Wars and oh, Rebels. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking I mean, about you can cover a lot of ground pretty quick. Yeah, and it's can. engaging. I mean, it's, it's engaging enough that it's not work to get through. No, it's not at all. You can literally watch like 10 episodes and <laughs> lose half of the day. Right. Without even knowing it. Because that's what happened to me multiple times. So that would be it. That that would be my recommendation. Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars, Rebels, the original trilogy, and then into... I like that. I like that version a lot. I mean, it's just that you don't need Phantom Menace. You don't need Revenge of the Sith. Uh, You don't need Rogue One. You don't need any of those things. You don't. They're great movies. What I would tell you is that Rogue One is like one of the best Star Wars movies. You should probably watch it. It's one of the two best... has nothing to do with Mandalorian. Absolutely not. Literally nothing. Now, there is going to be two series uh, eventually, or maybe just one. No, I think two debuting two in about, the future uh, about Rogue One. So Yeah, what's that guy's name? Cassian Andor. Yes, he has his own. And then they were talking about another one for uh, yeah. uh, the girl. Felicity. Uh, Jin Urso. But it doesn't make any sense to me on why you would do that. They both. I, I'll they both. revisit that world. Spoilers. They both die. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody. Like, literally, everybody dies. Um, That's why I freaking love that movie. So we've also had people ask us to do our ideal Star Wars viewing order. And uh, much like Jerry, I agree. I am. My preference is for chronological order. And that is only for one reason. It's because... The other the arguments for watching it in release order is that it preserves preserves the Luke I'm your father the surprises there's yeah. several surprises that it preserves however there is nobody in this culture that doesn't know any of that not a single I, human I, being even if you've, you've never seen Iraq. Star Wars yeah even if you've never seen it you know the sayings yeah like you can say it in your head and then if you went to watch the movie you'd be like oh well, I already knew that. Right. It wouldn't be a surprise to you. Like none none of the surprises are surprises to anybody in the United States right now. I think it makes most sense even though there'll be a, a weird transition when you go from Revenge of the Sith to Rogue One to uh New Hope. 
Yeah. Because there's lots of stuff in A New Hope. But there that makes no sense with the prequel because like Obi Wan, a lot of it's mostly his character does well, not jive with the Obi Wan of the prequels necessarily. Right. It doesn't. But it's only because I think I claim it to be like such a time gap. So it's been or such he's a faking. time gap. Right. Or he's faking. So anyway, I yeah, my my preferred Star Wars viewing order would probably be Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Rogue One, A they, New Hope. The one I am looking at says Solo before Rogue One. I think you can put Solo any anytime. Listen, I don't okay. I if just, you're wanting to watch it's... every movie in chronological order, fine. But yeah, my but point it's not is a purist it's separate. It's, it's separate. If you're watching, in my opinion, it'd be um, the prequels, Rogue One, the original trilogy, that's your viewing order. Yes. I'm, I'm not even going to add in any of the new movies. Well, I mean, all of the new movies would come after Return of the Jedi. As yeah. soon as you finish Return of the Jedi, then you would start Force Awakens, Last Jedi. And, and if I was doing Skywalker. it with all, everything, I would do Phantom Menace, Attack the Clones, uh, Clone Wars, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Rebels, Rogue One. No, I would probably yeah yeah, yeah I would do yeah. Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the, uh, Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars, Revenge of the Sith, Rebels, Rogue One, the original trilogy, um, and then uh, throw Solo in there somewhere, and then um, the new trilogy, and then the Mandalorian, and then the new trilogy. Yes, I would put the Mandalorian in between. But the Mandalorian has made me lost lose all interest in. The new trilogy of movies. So, <laughs> so I don't lose interest. Like I have them in a place, right? Like I don't think I'll ever watch them again. I don't feel that way. I enjoyed the the last movie. I really did. Like the the MacGuffin chase. <laughs> yes, like that's what it it's is. A, I understand. A, that. It's a fun movie to watch. For I sure. like. I I really do like the Rise of Skywalker. I thought the first half of it was fine. Um, but after the scene where they fight on like the Death Star that's broken down in that ocean, like from the point yeah, where, that was awesome. Like when they fight on that, that fight scene right there is one of the best fight scenes in Star Wars. I agree. And I really enjoyed By far. I, I enjoyed The Last Jedi. The reason I say that is because if you watch that fight scene, they are putting like legitimate effort and they get tired. She's getting tired. He's getting tired. Kylo Ren gets tired. Like, all of it. Like, they just start wailing on each other because of exhaustion. Like, they literally have exhaustion, and the waves are coming over them, and then, like, all of the emotion involved with that. It just is an incredible fight scene. Like, I love that one scene. And then, spoilers, like, she stabs him. She saves him. She leaves. All of that is really great. From that moment on, I feel like the movie really took off, I, and I liked it a lot. It's an awesome-looking, exciting adventure movie, which that's what Star Wars is supposed to be. Exactly, and I like that kind of stuff. Now, if we get down to like brass tacks of what Star Wars really is, no, I, I don't think it holds up to what it should have been. The good thing is each movie has its place. So The Force Awakens... Although it's a complete rehash, it has some really cool stuff, especially the beginning with Kylo Ren and Poe Dameron. 
Um, there's some really good stuff. That's in that the movie. thing. Like the Last Jedi, I loved, and if only not for that stupid scene on the casino planet. I know, and, and the milking of and that. Other like than those two milking. things, and the way that uh, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker acted. Other than those two things, it's an awesome movie. The scene with the speeders on the in the sand, yeah, oh, that's salt, awesome. It's awesome. Um, My biggest complaint is the way they treated Luke's character. Yeah, like Mark Hamill did whatever he had to do, and he came there and he's like, "I'll get paid for being Luke Skywalker again." He did not agree with any no. of what happened in those movies. He didn't agree with anything that happened with his character. He just came there and got paid. I think they might remake him. And I don't I don't like what they did with Luke. I like the fight scene between Kylo Ren and Luke when he's projecting himself there. I yeah. think that was good. I just don't think it should have killed off Luke Skywalker's character. Yeah. Like I like that doesn't make most, any maybe, sense. Maybe the most powerful Jedi of all time. Exactly. And if you read the books, yeah. that is a thing. Um, doesn't make any sense that they did that. And that aggravates me. But I hold those three movies in a certain place, and I, I do like them. I'm, I'm kind of positive, and I usually like a lot of things, and I do like them. I just wish John Favreau would have made them. Yeah, I just I wish they would have been done a little bit differently. If John Will Favreau I go back made those instead them? of J.J. Abrams, I'm done. I don't need any more J.J. Abrams in my life. No, never again. <laughs> um. I don't, Force Awakens, I don't know if I'll ever watch that movie again. Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, if I see him, I would probably watch those. Yeah. Force Awakens is better than you remember. Probably. I, I think I like the last, the last two more, though. Yeah. I think if there's one I'm going to watch the most, it's the one that everybody hated the most. It's The Last, it's the last Jedi. Jedi. I don't know why. Why would you watch that one the most? I liked that movie. I thought it was a good movie. It was interesting. I just didn't like that scene on the casino planet. That was it, basically. And the horses running? Yeah, that was terrible. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's the worst movie. But it's really hard to get through the beginning of Rise of Skywalker, the MacGuffin chase. It's not for me. It doesn't bother me as much as it does you. Like, well, I think it's fine. I, and it, it's, it's too on the nose. I get it. It's dumb. But the buildup to where they're going, just, I just really... That's probably my favorite movie. I guess out of the, out of the last three, I've just grown. I enjoyed all these movies when they came out. I've grown more bitter of missed oh, oppor- oh, about missed opportunities. You're just bitter on life in general. Well, that's like, true. You are like the bitters that they put in drinks when they talk about like you've got to add bitters. It's it's Chris Harford that they are adding. I'm like it's that pieces of you bar of Hershey's chocolate that your mom kept in the baking cabinet. That you it's, got out and you're like, I'm going to eat this chocolate. And no. then you bit into it and you're like, Bleh. You're 100% cacao. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, if Chris had a nickname, it's 100% cacao. <laughs> that is you. No, I'm just bitter about missed opportunities. You're a bitter beer face. Yeah. Remember those commercials? No. You don't I, remember I, the bitter beer face commercials? No, I don't, I don't like bitter beer either. No, neither do I. But what the whole thing with a bitter beer face commercial was like promoting Miller Lite or light beers. Yeah. I think it was a Miller Lite commercial. What's a bitter beer? So bitter beer face was like the regular beers. Like anything that wasn't a light beer. Anything with a lot of hops. So IPAs nowadays that everybody got into, that was the bitter beer that yeah, they're talking about. I like that stuff. 
and they had the bitter beer face commercials where the guy would like he didn't have any teeth or like a jaw or something and he would just like <laughs> no i'm serious it was a guy that could like legitimately roll his whole face up like into itself yeah i know what you're talking about that was like a big thing in the 90s the bitter beer i don't face. remember that but i remember the seeing that guy M- miller light was running that ad and they were doing a hardcore push into light beer they were the ones doing bitter it. beer face. Do you remember when Miller Lite did the push? I remember that guy, his face. Yeah, yeah, older guy yep, uh-huh. had like a khaki coat on, um, khaki sweater, sweater. Okay, Keystone Light beer commercial, nineteen ninety five. It was a Keystone Light campaign. Was it? Man, I thought it was Miller Keystone Light. Light, the beer of my college days. I That's I think I've drank it a couple times. It's basically like. Bushlight, whatever. It's is like, it? It's well, like I love Bushlight. Bushlight to Bud Light is Keystone Light to Coors to Light. To Coors Light, yeah. Um, anyway, David Seentop wrote, I've seen only one Star Wars movie, and it was in junior high. He, I don't even, I can't even. Why do you do this to me? I can't. How How can you do this it's to me? It's the most ridiculous thing. There's no excuse for it. I didn't know that. Age. I did not know that about you. I thought we were like best friends. I, I literally thought we were friends. And now I don't know who he is. I don't even want to say his name. One makes a conscious choice to do that just to like. Yeah. Just to be, be different. Yeah. Be a contrarian. That's exactly right. <laughs> Which is what he would tell you. Yeah. Like this man would tell you the same thing and say, you just want to be opposite of everyone. You want to be. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Well, he is. He's watching Mr. my heart Mr. burn Wayne. right now. My life is burning to the ground. Get this man some Zantac. <laughs> Give me a Pepsid. Pepsid AC. Um, what were we talking about? Because I had an interesting thing to say before that got Bitter up. beer face? Bitter beer face. Keystone. Do you, do, do you remember when Miller Lite had the campaign um, of Dick? Like their spokesman was Dick, and it was this like portrait of a guy from like the 1970s. It was a huge campaign. No, um, I don't. I was too pure. Look it up. Miller Lite Dick. I will not look that up. (laughs) (laughs) Miller Time Dick commercials. Okay. That's what you need to look up. They had a campaign, and it was their spokesman was this guy named Dick. Miller Time Dick. (laughs) That's just... Go to the pictures. Go to your picture, the images in your search. Okay. You you remember seeing a picture of that guy? He was their spokesman. I, I really don't. I don't remember any part of this man. Really? I thought this was the... Wait, the more I look at him, I thought this was the bitter beer face guy. No. 1997. Dick um, Miller. NFC Championship it's game. Legitimately his name is Dick Miller. Between the Green Bay Packers and the Carolina Panthers, they debuted the Miller Lite, first Miller Lite beer spot, um, the genesis of one of my favorite forgotten ad campaigns of all time. Um, yeah, Miller Time ads by Dick series over the next couple of years. It was several years that this went on. No, I never knew that. I know the Spuds McKenzie. Yeah, you remember Spuds? Yeah, from McKenzie? that was like from the early nineties, maybe eighties even. Eighties into the nineties, and yeah. then they tried to bring him back later in life. But that's a that was a Bud Light thing or Budweiser. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what we were talking about, but we were talking about something. 
oh, we're going to be talking about what we're watching because we we finished up our Star Wars rapport. Tuh. Rapport. Tuh. What have you been watching, sir? Oh Jared? my gosh, do I have something to talk about? You've you've been watching something? Whole new show. Oh, a whole new show. Mr. David Timmons tells me about this show yesterday. He told me about a show the other day too. I talked to him for like a good two and a half hours the other day. So I talked to him for an hour at uh, when I was waiting for my oil oil change. And I went outside, and I froze my ass off because it was cold yesterday, and I didn't wear a coat. I just had a sweatshirt on. But I walked around, around Mobile One, like in circles, literally just kept walking around. And he was telling me about a show called Wayne. Did he tell you this? No, but I saw it the other day. Was that on they have Hulu a huge, I saw it? They have a huge banner up on the on Fire Amazon. Stick. Yep. It's an That's Amazon Prime show. Well... Yeah. It's actually a YouTube original. Okay. So it premiered on YouTube. Ooh, just like Cobra Kai. Exactly. And it's for, it's filmed similar to Cobra Kai, but this show is way darker, way grittier. It's ridiculous, and I love it so far. I've, I'm five what is ep- it about? I'm five episodes in. Okay. Well, I will explain it. Wayne is obviously the main character. It's about a 16-year-old kid. And he grows up in kind of like a really rough life. Everybody in this show is growing up in like trailer park, right? Like very rough. They don't have any money. Like they don't, they're not actually in a trailer park, but they're just in this town that they don't have much money. Nobody does. Um, And Wayne is a strange kid. Um, His mom ran off. His dad's dying of cancer in the very first episode. And he gets in fights all the time, constantly getting in fights. He's always getting beat up or beating somebody up. So he's like you. But of. everybody in the school is terrified of him. He doesn't look like a terrifying person, but they just know he's like basically insane. And he's crazy. There's a movie that I had watched like during my deployment or before. Um, and Timmons has watched it. Uh, Pagoda, a f- frequent of the show. We've watched this movie called Gummo. Very strange show. Um, it's similar to Gummo in the way that these people act and the way they grow up. Like, it's just, I don't know, poor and strange. Like, just weird people. They're not normal people. Right. So that's how they act. It's very awkward. Like, the way they interact with each other is somewhat awkward and hard to listen to. But... It ends up being, so the 16-year-old kid, Wayne, meets a girl, Dell. She's 15. Uh, They become friends, and he ends up having to leave town and go to Florida from, I think they're in New Jersey. They're leaving New Jersey, going to go to Florida and get his dad's Trans Am from uh, the person that his mom ran away with. So his mom ran away with this guy. And this guy stole the Trans Am the same day that his dad bought it. So he literally paid for the Trans Am, and this guy stole it from him and took off with his wife. Um, so Wayne is going to go get it back. And he takes Dell with him, a 15-year-old girl, who he basically steals from her dad, which her dad is the Mayhem character in those commercials. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, that guy. Um, he bites He's in 30 Rock. Spoilers, he bites his nose off. 
Nice. So it's very like graphic. Do There's need- a lot of fighting. And uh, each episode is about 30, 34 minutes. They're pretty short. But it's awesome. I don't know how to explain it. It's super awkward. Like the way they interact with each other is strange. Their dialogue is weird. Wayne is a really weird guy. Kind of reminds me of uh did you watch End of the Fucking World? It's exactly like that. Okay. It's they filmed it just like that, but YouTube is doing it so much better. Yeah. Like the story is better. It's very sad at times. Like this show is sad because you get involved with these characters and they don't have a good upbringing and they are troubled kids. Like they're you have to remember that they're 15 and 16 years old. Right. But they're doing things as an adult and they're acting as an adult. Um, but they have certain scenes within each episode where you're just like, like the very first episode, I was like, oh my gosh, like that's super sad. And I texted Timmons right away because he's like, I want your instant reaction as you watch it, <laughs> like real time reaction. And I remember texting him. I was like, this first episode is pretty sad. He's like, it'll get a little bit different, but each episode is sad. Like, their life is sad. And he's right. It, it is. But I'm falling in love with it. I think there's only, I think there's 10 episodes total uh, at 30 to 34 minutes apiece. I'm at five. I'm only halfway through it. Um, it's a quick watch because I got through those five episodes from yesterday. So... Um, it's pretty good. I would suggest everybody to watch it. It's very vulgar. I mean, I don't watch it. It's a much, it's TVMA, right? You know, so don't watch it around kids or anything. But um, a lot of cursing, a lot of bad things happen. But it's so good. <laughs> uh, cool. No, I will check that out because I'm I'm looking for something to watch. So. Yeah, I I I know, saw it last night and I said to Marley, I'm like, that looks interesting. So. I, I've been thinking through the whole show if you would like it or not. I've I'll literally like, thought... Like, I liked End of the Fucking World probably more than you, so I'll probably yeah, like it. Yeah, you're right. You did like it better than I did. But um, the second season I couldn't get into. I never watched it. I, I didn't think know it, there was one. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think a second season came out, and I don't think I ever watched it. I only saw the first season. Yeah. But it is similar to that. Um, and there's... So I started reading reviews about Wayne, and a lot of the reviews had things about End of the Fucking World in there and how similar they were. But I don't know. The the main character of Wayne... End of the Fucking World is a disturbing show. It is. This one is as well. I think more so. Because they just reach a certain peak of this show that... I don't know, is is more than what Netflix could do. Yeah. I think because it was a YouTube show and yeah. they could do whatever the hell they wanted. And uh Mike O'Malley's in it. He's a principal at the school. You know Mike O'Malley? No. You do. He was in Yes Dear. He also had a show called Mike O'Malley on NBC. He's like always the Pittsburgh Bruins guy. Maybe. I I know him. You'll if I know see him when you see him, but he's the principal in the show. And Again, everybody's like scared of Wayne. Even the principal is like scared of Wayne. Hmm. He's not a scary kid. He's just basically insane. And he does whatever he wants. I'm going to try that out tonight. I like it. Um, Two things. You got anything else? Uh, No. And then Mandalorian, obviously. But that was the only new show that I'm watching. Two things I've watched. Uh, One of them you've watched and you forgot to. We'll talk about that one right now. We had... uh, 
somebody reach out that asked for an interview request. You're right. Um, and uh, said they wanted to come on the podcast, um, talk about any, any topic we wanted to talk about. I mean, I'd bring them on. But they're promoting a, a movie that they made. Somebody made a movie, and it's an hour-long movie. It is. One on words. Yes. Um, I'll go through that right now. Anyway, the guy is Jimmy Custis. He's an actor, writer, producer, and feature has a feature film out now called Body Swap. I would love to come on Snarf Talk and discuss any topics you want. Body Swap is a typical romantic comedy where a slob meets a driven career woman and they swap bodies. And they do. Check it out on Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb for more info. Uh, it's available on Vimeo, uh, vimeo.com slash on demand slash body swap. You can rent it. I believe it's $10 to rent it. We yes. didn't have to rent it. We got it for free. We did. He gave us a code. but um, He gave us a free code. Uh, it, it, it I tell you sp- what, the Vimeo app, I downloaded on my Fire Stick, and it's a nice app. It is. It's better than YouTube. It just yeah. doesn't have as much stuff. No, it doesn't, but it had this movie, and I watched it on my TV, so that was fun. Uh, it played the 29th whole, Woods Hole Film Festival and won Best Comedy Feature um, at the 53st Houston, Wolfus Houston, where Ella Jordan was nominated for Best Actress and Katie Geralt was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. It won Best Feature at the Louisville International Festival of Film, headed by Academy Governor Conrad Bachman. So it has won a lot of awards. Uh, I watched it. I watched it as well. Um, We thought we'd give him the courtesy of watching it. Um, I guess we'll reach out and see, and we'll make a decision. I don't know. You guys tell us. Does anybody want us to get this guy on to interview him? Yeah, I would like to know if you guys want interviews like that, because uh, Chris and I have tried it in in the early days of Snarf. And we didn't think it was somewhere we wanted to go, but we've had multiple people many requests, yeah, reach out and say they wanted to be on the show for certain aspects of what they were doing, different uh, comic books or shows, whatever. Uh, this movie, I I don't know. I'm kind of on board with having somebody on like this just to see what it's what it's about. But if the fans don't want it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So if people want it, let us know. And should we we'll review the movie? Out. I mean, I, I don't want to review review it yet. Okay. As a whole, like, can if, we if we know he's coming on? Listen, I, let's say this: this guy is a small time independent guy. He made his own movie. If you want to support an artist like that, you go to vimeo.com slash on demand slash body swap and you can rent his movie and you can watch it. And straight off the bat, when you talk about a small time person putting out a movie on his own and um, the way it looks is very, very good. I think it looks good. Yeah. I think it's filmed very good because a lot of times, you know, you can tell like it's absolutely, yeah. You know, like small time filming. I mean, I think uh, it looks good. I think this is the thing you get a lot with newer independent films um they look almost too good like they're filmed on a on an iphone and it looks like it's filmed on an iphone like looks like a youtube video of a movie see i don't think his we talked about with kevin smith yeah and kevin smith's movie was like i felt like that with this and i felt like and it's that's not a criticism because there's a lot of that going on but you watched it on your phone 
and I watched it I on my TV. I did watch it on my phone. That might have changed the experience. I watched it on my TV, and you were watching it on the phone, and I, I didn't feel that at all. I thought it felt like a real, like a regular, real movie on my TV. It's a little different in the way that it's structured um, as far as the movie being broken up by this like interview format. Um, so that's different. Uh, it's legitimately got very funny moments. In yeah. It, I, I, I would consider. And it does get better the, as it goes on. Yeah. Um, so we can wait and do a more in-depth. If we hear from people and they say, hey, bring them on. Either way, we've promoted his podcast, his movie, and that's what he wants. Absolutely. And so. I... And I don't think you shouldn't watch it at all. Um, and I think he's doing a good job of outreach to certain Absolutely. places to try to, you know, promote his stuff. I'm not against having him on at all. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we'll do that in the future. Um, we'd probably just do it like a little 30 minute thing. Or yeah. Um, the other big one that I have watched is the movie that is breaking all the records and taking the world by storm. And that is Borat's subsequent movie film. There, it's breaking records and taking the world by storm. Yeah, absolutely. It it got released direct to Amazon Prime. Right, I knew that. Um, it is huge. It's huge. Really? Yep. I literally have ignored all aspects of this movie, and I did not. I didn't know really that it even was... know what to make of it. I just saw it pop up one day, and so I flipped it on, and I actually fell asleep. So I rewatched the rest of it later. It's um, it's definitely got some shocking stuff to it. Um, Does it really? I know there's like a Rudy Giuliani. That's the part. main thing. That's like the main thing that people have been talking about. Yeah, a lot of people talked about that, and it was like a big deal. But for sure, it's not that big of a deal. But it wasn't a yeah. big deal. Well, no, really but they try to they like turn it into a. big deal. They definitely deal try to make it into a big deal. I don't know. I'm. I mean, I was as much of a fan of Borat as anybody else, I guess, of the original that was almost 20 years ago now. Um, you know, I, I feel like I was too, but I don't remember I don't remember anything much about of it. it. Um, anyway, this one, it clearly comes direct with an agenda. It's a very anti-Trump okay. movie in its outset, but not specifically like the individual actions of the movie. It's just like the overall narrative is very left wing, but okay, but it doesn't feel that way when you're in the movie. When you're, yeah, but it's definitely an attempt. Although maybe, but you know it's happening. Yeah, I mean, like you know that you know how how these these work. He dresses up and infiltrates groups. Yeah, and he's infiltrating Trump supporters. Oh, all right. Basically, well, that makes sense. Um, the the whole idea is. He's been he was pris, imprisoned in Kazakhstan after his first movie. Yeah, and uh, which would make sense. He needed to be. He's brought out because the premier of Kazakhstan wants him to deliver. That now that Trump is in office, they want to get on the good side of the Trump administration. So they send Borat to deliver their biggest movie star, which is a chimpanzee, oh, right. to Vice President Mike Pence. Did they get those people on? No. Uh, uh, I was going to say. You could clearly, they wanted to, but all they got was Rudy Giuliani. Anyway, the main part of the film is uh, he's got a daughter. That's the big revelation. Um, that comes about really very quickly. And it's mostly about the interplay between Borat and his daughter. Obviously, his relationship, the relationship with women in general is like the big joke is that they're like 
treated right. like Did, less than humans. Yep, yeah, right. Um, and his daughter, he didn't even know because they don't even acknowledge women, basically. So that right there is crazy to me that it could be that they would have like a left-wing agenda because that stance right there is so far from left-wing. But like that's having, the joke. It's a joke. Well, I understand that, but you could have a joke about anything. That doesn't mean it's going to be a left-wing type movie. No, I mean, it, it's clearly a joke. I mean, the whole thing's a joke. It's parody. Well, I know. Then how can it even have an agenda? It has an, it, it, it has an agenda because it's specifically targeting people on the right to make fun of. But they're also specifically targeting women to make fun of. No. No, that's, that's not the same. How is it not the same? Because they're doing that on purpose as a joke. They're infiltrating unsuspecting people on the right oh. to make them look like idiots. Oh, they're like completely unsuspecting people. Yeah, that's the oh, whole point I of Borat. That. That's how the original was too. I don't remember it. Like it was so long ago. <laughs> it doesn't really have like don't. a narrative. It's like him going around infiltrating groups of unaware people and making them look like idiots. Oh, I don't remember it. And he I really don't. does that in this one. It's the same thing. Huh. So it's like literally groups of people that he just walking around and like... No, like he Borat gets thing. in, in with these no, like That's... clicks, like these um, interviews and stuff with people. That's the thing. Like, there's a sig- how do people fall? There's for a this? portion of the movie where he goes to live in a cabin with these two like I don't remember if they were supposed to be white supremacists. They were just Trump supporters, but they were like whites. They were extreme, right? Or maybe it was QAnon. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Anyway, he gets in with this group. So he's living with them in like a cabin. And like they don't get it. They don't get that he's faking. How do uh, you have to be so out of touch? They're out, these people are out of touch, man. Yeah, they have to be so out of touch to not know who Borat is the, or the, the character. The thing that backfires on is the whole point is to make them look like idiots and mostly related to language. So like he's talking with a heavy accent. Yeah. So there's a certain de- degree of people just nodding and being like, yeah. So when he says ridiculous shit, like racist, horrible stuff, oh, and they're just, they're just like, like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep. There's just, People just go along with it. So the outset is like, oh, look at these horrible people. What a joke. Let's make fun of them. But the reality is it's just like, like they they're just being polite. They legitimately didn't understand. <laughs> like if even. somebody randomly walks up to you and just starts starts like spouting nonsensical nonsense. It's exactly what Even I if do. it's like racist or whatever, homophobic or whatever it is, you're just going to be like, yeah, whatever, dude. Just like. <laughs> yeah. And try to get out of the situation. You're like, yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Yep. All right. We'll see you. Yeah. Especially if you're in a situation where you're thinking that you're hosting somebody from another culture. Right. You're just going to be kind of agreeing with them and being like trying to make them feel comfortable. You would try to. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Anyway, so that's what that it kind of backfires because these guys, while being crazy, don't get me wrong, well, and extreme, yeah. like are actually genuinely like very, very nice to him. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the majority of the end of the movie is the whole Giuliani situation and all that, which is a total non event, really. I know. I mean, he's creepy. He's, he de- he's definitely like, I wouldn't even say creepy. He's just very, he's just so old. He's a very old he's man. He's a very old man. He's a very old man. And he does, and, and he's probably hitting on this girl who's hitting on him. Right. So, I mean, at what point are you like, okay. But so the whole thing is, 
like they have still frames and video of him like leaning and backwards. That's in the movie. I know. He's leaning backwards on the bed with his hand in his pants and they try to frame it as if he's like touching himself for doing or trying to pull himself out of his pants, right? Right. But in reality, he was just tucking his shirt in. Yeah, because they just took his microphone off. They, she did, who provocatively is flirting with him, invites him into a bedroom right, with a drink, and then bends down and gets right on her knees right in front of his, him and is pulling his microphone out of his pants provocatively. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, I mean... I don't know like what's going on here. You can clearly tell that this is a setup thing. I don't know what's going on here, but like, would anybody? He didn't do anything. And if you felt like you're getting hit on, would you act differently? I I don't know if he's married. Maybe he's married, I, or that's the problem. Or I don't really I, know. I think he's married. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't act like that since I'm married. But I just assumed he was like just a pervy old. I guy. wouldn't even be in the situation because I'm married. Unless it's Karen Gillum. <laughs> um, I mean. Whatever's going on there, it's it's a really kind of a non-event, and then all of a sudden, you know, it is a non-event, and then all of a Borat sudden, Borat comes like running in the room, you know, basically half naked or naked, something. wearing some weird thing. So I've seen take my bot, take me, take me in the anus, let her go. It's <laughs> something is that like what that. You say I saw the Galagos line. So I saw a lot of it on Reddit, um, and but there was like some slander groups that were posting things about Giuliani and it was just the still frame in it, image of him leaning back with his hand in his pants. Right. And that's the first thing I saw of it. So it immediately like caught my attention. I was like, man, what is going on here? And then I looked into it and found out like, oh, well this really isn't anything at all. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's not terrible. The girl that plays his daughter is legitimately really good. And that's what a lot of the stuff you hear is. Yeah, so what I found out is that like she's blown up. Yeah, she has. And she she was good. To be able to keep your cool, I understand Sasha Baron Cohen. He's been doing this for 25 years. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got a real ability to keep his cool in a very awkward situation. He's calloused. But not a lot of people stuff. can do that. And she did. She did it. And some yeah. really, listen, there is some... <laughs> Can I just spoil some? Yeah, I don't care. I, I don't plan on watching this. this at all. They go to like this weird in the South, this like very Republican like dinner party type thing. Okay, that it's kind of like a they got barbecue raccoon. It's just a very formal like thing, and I, they, I believe I don't remember, but the parents are there and the kids are there. I think it's like a mixer type situation. Anyway, are they eat, eating beaver. I, I don't. So you they, ever had beaver? I have had beaver, but I don't see how that pertains. Well, I mean, down south, that's what okay. they eat at these type of things. So they're doing this like dance. They do these like father-daughter dances, I believe. Okay. That are like formal. So then it's like Borat and his daughter's turn to get up there. It's almost like a quinceanera. And they're d- kind of. And they're doing this like dance. And then he's like, this is the fertility dance of Kazakhstan. And the next thing you know, she's lifting up her dress to show her uh, period soaked. What? Nether regions. It's that's very not, awkward. That's it's not that's entertaining. Not right. Is my point. <laughs> however, right. however, 
to be able to do that, you got to understand these people are not actors. Right. Everyone around them is not an actor. They are acting. Right. But she's got to be able to keep her cool and do something like that. And it would be very difficult. Yeah. That sound. it makes me feel uncomfortable <laughs> it, it just does. you speaking of Dude, it. it's one of those things. Have you ever, when you're watching something, you literally cover your face? You're just like. Yeah, I have. It's yeah. one of those things. The one scene that I always cover my face is in my favorite movie, in Saving Private Ryan. What's that? Where the German is like fighting the Jew. Yeah. Up, and where Upham is like the complete worst and he just stands on the stairwell crying not doing anything and they're in a hand-to-hand combat up there and then the german just like literally slowly drives a knife into the the jewish man's chest yeah i can't watch it yeah that's different though you can't watch it because it's horrific i'm talking about when you have to cover your face out of like shame and embarrassment for something oh, you're seeing on TV. I never feel that. Oh, bullshit. You've had to have had that experience. Shame something and embarrassment? Is, no. No, not, not that. Awkwardness. Like such powerful awkwardness that it gives you like a physical reaction of like. Okay. I'm sure that's happened, but I can't think of anything Well, this is not the kind of movie where that happens. I won't watch it. I don't. I don't. I just don't. It. I don't recommend it. I'm not actually a huge Borat fan. I don't. I know was why not I a huge it. Borat fan for the original movie, to the point where I don't remember basically anything from it, and then this second one just popped up and came out right away. I had th- seen things on Reddit saying that, like they were filming one. Next thing I know, it was like out, and I have no. Like literally nothing in my body wants to watch that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. I, I really didn't think it was very good. So, so why is it blowing up? Like, why do people? Why it's, are people? It's popular. About- it's a popular. It was a popular. Borat was extreme, insanely popular movie. Sasha. The Baron original Cohen one was. It's very popular. Rightfully so, because it was so different at the time. But now, I, I don't know if you say it's like kind of agenda driven. Do you think that's why it's popular now? Like the second Partially, one? yeah. Partially. It's but not, I think there's just a lot of people that really like the first movie that wanted to see more of that. I agree. Like me seeing the word Borat as a movie, um, I would want to watch that, I guess. Like if it was the same way. It is. It's the same. Because it's the same way the first one was. It was very anti like. But I'm not the same person I was when I wanted to watch the first one. I, you that's know what I mean? what I would agree with. I don't like that same kind of humor anymore. Yeah, I don't think I do either. I don't think I really liked it that much then. That would, never really was my cup of tea. Uh, but in any case, irregardlessly, I can't recommend it. It just wasn't, it wasn't that good. Hmm. If you like bad. shock and embarrassment, that's what it is. I just like things that are funny. If that was funny to me, I would like it. But the way, I don't know, the way he acts now, it's just not yeah. what I like anymore. Right. When I was younger, dumb as hell, like, I would like that. But I'm just so bright and intelligent and smart now. You're part you know, of in the, my older age. Like, I just am so above most people. Part of the just, intelligentsia. Yeah, you know, I just can't dumb myself down. Gotcha. That type of, type of thing. You would know that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's it. That's all I've been watching. 
Uh, yeah, that's literally it. Unless you want to talk about uh, 60 Days In. 60 Days In? What's that? Yeah, I talked about it last episode. We're just about these... They oh, no. These no, I'm actually not jail. interested in talking about that at all. <laughs> I did watch one episode of a show on Netflix, a newer show, um, which I think it was season two or three or four or five. I don't know. The newest season, and it's uh, Forged by Fire. You've never seen that show before? No, I've never seen it. I've never hist- heard of it. History Channel show. They're like forging weapons. Yeah, that's old. It's not good. No, it's not good. It's su- super overproduced and... Pretty anticlimactic. I much preferred the one on glass blowing. That one was way better. Yeah. There was a competition glass blowing show that was awesome. I'm gonna sneeze. It wasn't awesome, but it was entertaining enough. The forge No, it's one not, is good. not good. No, it's not good. There's a guy that I used to watch on um, And the the things they're making they aren't, that, aren't that exciting. I don't know if they're hard, but they don't look that great. Compared to the stuff that they have glass, such a short time frame. And compared to, to the stuff things. some of those glass blowing people were making, or the stuff on Lego Masters. If you want to watch that type of a show, watch Lego Masters. Speaking of that, it was just renewed for its second season. Dude, it's going I, to happen. Um, what's his name is coming back as the host. What's his name? Will Arnett. Yeah, he's coming back as as the host. They're getting uh, all of the people that are going to be on the show. They're getting that right now. Like they're casting it right now, and it's supposed to. Uh, shoot its first or its second season uh, in the spring. Yeah. That's coming back. I just heard it on the radio today. And I mean, I, I really enjoyed that show. I was coming back from the DMV. They said it on the radio. And I immediately thought of you. I was like, man, Chris loved Lego Masters. Yep. And it was pretty good. I, I kind of enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. But that's pretty heavily produced as well. I don't mind the heavily produced as long as... You know, you got to heavily produce to to take care of the passage of time issue. You're right, and I, what I did love about Lego Masters is that that takes a lot of talent. Yeah, talent, and it was funny. He's funny. Will Arnett was entertaining. Absolutely, he's an that, You got to have an entertaining host, and you got to take have something that takes an immense amount of talent. And you know, I I haven't seen any of those types of shows which I believe take as much talent as that Lego stuff. That was in- insane. I have a lot of Legos at home. I couldn't make anything. And I could I make like the shittiest looking car you've ever seen with like an astronaut driving. My it. brother, <laughs> my brother does a very good job at making things out of Legos, like any Legos. Oh, if I can follow directions, I'll make anything. No, he can just make things out of Legos. He's very good at it. He's always always has been. I can't do a single thing with Legos well, you, besides make like a tower. You have to know stuff. So, and they go into it a little bit in the show, but there's like different building techniques that are like standards. Right. So, and you have to just kind of know those and like Did literally you know what Ill- the different parts are for. There's illegal moves with Legos. Illegal moves? Yeah. You can't put certain blocks. I would see that if they don't like if they if they don't ta- fit correctly. If they don't fit correctly, yeah. If it's harder to put in, like you have to wedge it in there, that's an illegal move. That's right. It should be. It should be. But I didn't know this until I read about it. And people talk about this on Reddit and I didn't know these were illegal moves. Yeah. It's I insane. Don't know. I mean, I I just, I know some of our listeners really like Lego. I know Erica's really into it. Some of the other listeners. 
Um, Legos are awesome. They're awesome, but I am not built with that kind of patience. I'm just not that kind of. I can't. It's it's yeah. like almost like a Zen thing, with, right? And I just I am so. So I love Legos. I really do. I love putting Legos together on my own. I don't have the patience with young kids to do it. I think maybe that's the issue. And I wish I was better at that. I wish I had more patience with my kids to do Legos. I agree. I agree. I wish I did too. With Grady, I'm pretty good with it. Uh, Grant is my middle child. He's okay, but I don't have as much patience. Graham, not possible. And listen, I only want to build the things that when you're done building them, you feel a sense of accomplishment. And so many of these Lego kits is a lot of work to build something really dumb. It's not even that. Once you build it, I don't want it to be destroyed. I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying if I spend two hours building out this little Marvel set, it's really just like different background pieces. If I, if, well, if I could build like into, a car or like yeah. a Batmobile, that I'd be way more into. Yes, absolutely. Those are the things you need to get. That those is. are but the things see, you need those to get. Those are like, the expensive things. As models. We just buy the cheapo ones, which are like a little vehicle with a guy and then like a tree. I know. So my brother has done things where he has built an entire R2-D2 or an see, entire that, Millennial Falcon or an X-Wing. He, he does things like that. That I would think I would like because that's kind of like a puzzle. And they're awesome. That I would enjoy. He also had, has told me recently, so my brother's in Ukraine. He had COVID too. Like, completely fine. Probably got Didn't. it from Borat. He got it in the Ukraine. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it wasn't from Borat. But uh, he also said he wants to be on the show. So when he comes back, uh, which yeah, is He's got to be on the show because he builds lightsabers. Yes, and he's coming on the show. And he's also responsible for the whole reason that you were on this show in the first place. So Me? Yeah, isn't he a big part of like your whole like upbringing? Everything. In the, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Pretty much. He's eight years older than me and basically groomed me to be who to I be am. him. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so he'll be on the show. He has multiple voices. He'll be different people on the show. Nice. <laughs> but what, uh, like, what voices? Oh my gosh, so many. I've never met your brother. Isn't that weird? It is weird. I think you've probably met. All of my siblings. I have. Absolutely. I've, I've never met your brother. He's an enigma. I don't even know if I've ever seen him. You have in pictures, but... It, no, in real life, I mean. No, you haven't. I guarantee you, you haven't. It's so weird. Yeah. He'll be on the show in, like, April It's also May. weird that I knew your sister before you. Well, my sister's a year older than me. I know. And you would have absolutely known her before me. But my brother was older than you. Yeah. By so, just enough. Yeah, 90, like dude's age. He'd be like five years older than me. So He's a year older than dude. Yeah, so he would have been, when I came in as a freshman, he would have just graduated. Yep. So I just missed He him. was a big hacky sacker. Okay, everybody was back then. I know, and I remember hacky sacking with hacky him in the backyard. Hacky sacks were big, man. We also used to fight with dowel rods, like swords. I think everybody did that. Did they? Yeah. See, I feel like that was an like only a thing that my brother and I did. You thought and that only to, you and your brother yeah. pretend sword fought with sticks. Yeah. I do. Okay. I do. I do. But these <laughs> <laughs> but the, but these sticks had like we would tape them a certain way. Yep. 
And Everybody did that, Jerry. Really? Yeah. Different colored electrical tape, made grips. Yep. Yeah, everybody. No, I don't think so because every one of my friends thinks that's weird. No, besides well, I you, did, I did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who did you sword fight? Um, well, uh, people that worked here with me, we would in our work time <laughs> okay. make like different colored electrical tape gripped weapons. Yeah, I did that all the time yeah. with my brother, but my brother is the one who did that with me. So there was somebody that worked here on the farm that I worked with that was. He would constantly... Four years older than me, so we would do that. That's similar. Yeah. He would constantly hit my knuckles and just destroy me because yeah, he was so much older. Terrible. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was awful. But we would sword fight, and he'd teach me certain moves, and then once he thought I was like proficient at those certain moves, then he would just constantly hit my hands yeah. and just destroy me. And so that's why I have small hands. They never grew because they were beat to death. Yeah. My dowel rods. Well, yeah, I'd love to have him in. And, uh, of course, hopefully he gets to listen over there in the Ukraine. And happy Veterans Day to him he just and got, to you. Of he just sent me a picture because I sent him uh, his Snarf Talk shirt. Nice. And he sent me a picture. He's wearing it in the Ukraine right now. Nice. As we speak. Doing battle. I don't know what, I don't know what they're doing <laughs> over there. Probably building stuff. He was training people on how to use weapons. Nice. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know either. But that's what the U.S. is doing in the Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah. Might as well be the good guys. He also sent me pictures of him just building his bed and different things. Somebody's got to build build it. (laughs) Yeah. He had like a plywood fort, basically. He built a fort for himself to live in. That's awesome. It sounds amazing. And he's not around five children. Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. That's good. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week for Snarf Talk. I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See ya. Bye.